Welcome to this live version of BrainPod, a podcast dedicated to the minds shaping our world through engineering. In this episode, we will listen to Northvolt discussing how to build a gigafactory. This episode was recorded during Engineering Day 2023 in Stockholm on November 23rd. Okay, good afternoon. Thanks for everyone <laughs> joining our BrainPod session. Uh, my name is Anna Lee. I am a content producer at Norfolk, and I'm sitting here with Alvaro Rabanos. And today we're going to talk about how to build gigafactories. Exactly. Yes. Alvaro, could you please introduce yourself and your role at the company? So I'm Alvaro Rabanos. I'm originally from Spain, and I'm working in the blueprint and factory design team and designing factories. And I'm the, the engineering manager for factory integration and CSA. So we are the ones kind of overarching the overall design of the of the factory mm -hmm. and for Norfolk. Since you work at Norfolk in that specific team, do you mind sharing a little bit about your background and how you ended up at Norfolk? Yeah, definitely. I'm an architect myself or building engineer. And I started my career in uh, in Germany. I did the most of my career actually in Germany and most of the career in industrial projects. Uh, automotive. At the beginning, I was trying also different fields like site engineering or uh, more MEPs or towards utilities or real estate as well. But as I said, the most of them in, in automotive industrial projects. Before coming to Norval, I was working in, in BMW in Munich. And then uh, at that time, I was already looking for some new challenge. And when Norval came to me and they they very quickly convinced me with the mission and they brought a very nice challenge. So I said, okay, this is the challenge I was looking yeah. for. So I decided to move for them. Okay, well, now we know a little bit about you. So how did you sort of end up working as an architect in the first place? There's a kind of history in my family. The father of my grandpa, he, he grounded a, a small construction company that was taken over by my grandpa, that was taken over by my father. And then I kind of broke that line, <laughs> but there was some history behind. So in my family, the, I'm not the first one, so I'm just continuing a little bit that background, mm -hmm. but uh, not in the, my family's company, but in my own way. Yeah. I was kind of directed, if we can say, mm -hmm. <laughs> to get this career, but I don't forget, I really like it. I really like it. And I luckily was uh, able to learn a lot also from my father and my family. So. It also kind of made sense when we were over there looking at the Legos that you had a lot of Legos when you were a kid. <laughs> Full of Legos. Full of, I mean, to be honest, I'm still playing with Legos uh -huh. and I'm looking forward for my babies to grow, yeah. to play with them. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you can start building things with Legos. That's awesome. So you work in the Blueprint and Construction team at Norfolk. Mm -hmm. Could you tell us a little bit about what it's constructing or what it's like constructing a Gigafactory, but also sort of dig a little deeper into the complexities of what it's like building such a large facility yeah I and mean, multiple of them <laughs> that's right <laughs> and not only here in sweden so no recently we started to also design and build in in different countries mm -hmm. designing and building a gigafactory itself is, is already a challenge because of the scale of the project and the and the building or the facility and also because because of the pace that we're running the, this kind of projects so the way we do it and what we do it both are both are challenging but i have to mention that not only being a gigafactory is challenging, being a battery gigafactory is even more challenging. As um, people might know, battery industry in the scale that Norval is doing right now is kind of new. 
uh, for Europe. So we are kind of pioneers uh, in doing that. So we're still trying to find out what or how should we do it. Also and worth mentioning that it's also one of a unique selling point is the integrated sort of seamlessness on the site is that you're having different parts of the battery manufacturing process on one site compared to other factories that build battery cells. Yeah. yeah. Meaning that we recycle batteries as well in our factories. Uh, we produce the raw materials that are near for the production mm -hmm. or uh, depending on the sites, also the platforms that encapsulates the, yeah. uh, the cells at the at the end. So it's it's very complex mm -hmm. to build a factory. It's not only the cell, it's all the surroundings. Um, if I can say it's kind of a combination from different industries like pharma, chemicals, yeah. oil and gas and so on. Mm -hmm. So that makes it, uh, makes it a really big challenge. Yeah. So where do you even start when you get the task of building or uh, just, you know, drawing the blueprint for one of these factories? I mean, to understand what it's what is required first, it's it's also needed to know what do you need. Mm -hmm. So the the requirements, having a solid set of requirements at the beginning of the project is the foundation of what you're going to build. And this is for us in one side is the first time we're doing that. So we are doing that. So we're trying to standardize the blueprint, the way we, we, we do things, we build factories. But at the same way, we need to play a little bit with uh, some flexibility yeah. because we need to play with assumptions, given that the industry is also growing mm -hmm. in, this, uh, rapid, uh, in this rapid way. Uh, we don't know everything from yeah. the very beginning. So our own knowledge, our own background and probably the best of the assumptions that we can get, they gave us at least what we think we need to really start building up factories from mm -hmm. the beginning. But then also, like you're saying, if we're building in different countries as well, mm -hmm. it also requires some sort of flexibility for local restrictions and requirements, right? Yeah, local conditions, yeah. local regulations. Ways of working is also an interesting thing that you need to adapt because the way, I don't know, the Germans, now we have Germans or Canadians, uh, design not a factory, but a building in general, mm -hmm. it's different. And also the market is driven differently. So concrete versus steel, for example, or mm. a highly regulated uh, country versus low regulated country. That's independently for how good are your requirements, that yeah. drives also the way you design it. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I mean, that's a huge feat in itself. <laughs> it's really complex. So I'm not gonna say it's easy, but I think it's interesting as well because it means uh, you are able to learn a lot every time yeah. you jump into a new project. Mm -hmm. So you are not really repeating or copy pasting 100% everything, even if it's kind of the goal. Yeah. Uh, it opens a window for a lot of learning every mm -hmm. time. Exactly. And like you said, like learning while you're doing and going as well. Like, how are you going to build the next one? What did we learn from this time around? <laughs> or yeah. what do we need that's different in the other factory than that we need to tailor to? Yeah. So Definitely. what would you say is sort of the uniqueness about uh, the construction team at Norfolk? First, the passion that they have. Honestly, the, the work that the, the guys, not only the, the, the guys that, the, that are designing the factory, but especially the ones that are really executing that mm -hmm. design, they are heroes for me. They are people that really came convinced about the mission and they are super really open-minded because they'll come from different uh, different backgrounds, different industries. Mm -hmm. There is no like 20 year experience people coming from battery industry in Europe, it doesn't exist. So the open mind is they have to learn how other people from other industries come and work and learn to work together on a way that we make it work 
for all with the same purpose. This is, it's really amazing. I never saw that in another company mm -hmm. previously. And as I said, I work in different industries uh, or in different fields inside the construction industry, but I never saw that before. So I think this is for me the top one thing I would like to mention of them. The top uniqueness. Yeah. Yeah. Just going back to like Norfolk, what would you say is the reason that you decided to stay at Norfolk once you started? I, I would mention two things. The first one is, of course, the mission. Mm -hmm. The mission convinced me. The impact that Norvold is going to be able or is already making right now, I don't think you can get it in, in, other, in other companies nowadays, especially in Europe. It's, it's very unique. Mm -hmm. That's the first one. And that was actually before I joined Norvold. That's the thing that got me convinced. But the thing that it's really pulling me forward now that I'm inside Norvold, it's, it's the team, it's the people, it's mm -hmm. the, how they drive. Yeah, I really love to go to work. Mm -hmm. I really enjoy not only going to the place that I work, that it's uh, the office here, but also going to the site and work together with the teams on site. Those people are amazing. And I think this is also one unique thing in Northwell. You see this drive in all the people in the mm -hmm. company. It's, it's really nice. Given that you work with such massive projects, I then assume that you are working with a lot of different teams at the company to be able to build a gigafactory. <laughs> That's right. And sometimes it's really complex. Yeah. I joined the company, uh, I wouldn't say that I was one of the first ones, but I recently, a period of time ago, so I'm able to know at least uh, many of the people that still stay there, key people right now. Mm -hmm. So I always find my ways to find what I need or who I need or what is it or what is that. But I can understand that, for example, for new people that are coming, it's a bit complex to get to know who is doing this, who is mm -hmm. doing what. So they, they still need time. But um, it's also nice to see that they are still staying yeah. and they have still the same mission, the same drive in their mind. Mm -hmm. So it's a bit of networking, yeah. I have to say. But at the same time, it's uh, it's also bonding. Mm -hmm. uh, because if every time that you go to a place, you feel like it's home, yeah. it really encourages you to just come and more and more. Yeah, but it also helps you get somewhere with your work. For example, if there is something that you need when you're looking at the blueprint of, of a future factory or even the current one that's being built, mm. you then need to be in contact with other teams that have to do with that specific building or process that's already been done. Definitely. Yeah. Definitely. I mean, we couldn't live without the guys that are executing the, mm -hmm. the project on site. We are constantly learning from them. Yeah. <clears throat> so it's not that we are putting the design as we think is the best one. Mm -hmm. It's, of course, we think uh, there are things that uh, are nice for our design yeah. to implement, but it wouldn't work without them. Mm -hmm. So this is why, at least my team, we try to be very present on sites yeah. and try to organize. Uh, this is a bit of a technical thing, but lessons learned, but it's basically just uh, to go there mm -hmm. and organize workshops with them to try to see, okay, what happened? What should we change? What should we prevent? Uh, so that we can implement in the next uh, yeah. in the next designs of the factories. That's yeah. key for us. And like the cross collaboration, I mean, given that I don't work in the blueprint or construction mm -hmm. team, yeah. I do see the amount of teams that work cross collaboratively with each other, even though they have really nothing to do with each other, they somehow have a project that obviously something is necessary from a different team. Yeah. And even just that, you like you you build your knowledge in a completely different way than I've ever Absolutely. seen at a company. Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, especially 
especially the blueprint team, I would say he's the most cross-functional team mm -hmm. that we have in the company. It's not only that you are working together with another, like more classical construction mm -hmm. disciplines, engineering disciplines, like an electrical engineer, or a mechanical engineer, or an architect. We also have some other disciplines that are closer to, to the production. So mm -hmm. say like material phone, robotic engineers, industrial engineers, uh, process engineers. That gives you a unique opportunity to learn how they think, how they work, what are they looking after when they design. And you usually don't have that in some other or some more traditional project setups mm -hmm. where you just given a set of requirements. Okay, okay, I'm going to implement them. And probably I pass it to the next link of the chain or I execute them. No, yeah. no, you are building all of them together with all the disciplines. Mm -hmm. And this is really unique. Yeah. It's very special. I also sort of imagine that it's a team where you can be pretty creative with what you're proposing and what you're working on as well. Like you have freedom to sort of, given that we already talked about that it's so new and no one's really done this before, that you do have a lot of creative freedom with the specific, these projects. Absolutely. We're pioneers. <laughs> We're doing this for the first time. So uh -huh. for all for all the people that feels that they really want to be creative and really put their ideas working. Mm -hmm. I think there is no better place right now yeah. for engineers, honestly. Yeah. And I'm telling that, and I'm, I'm an architect that is supposed to be a very creative job. Mm -hmm. And in the other hand, industrial projects are not supposed to be that creative. Yeah. Because if I can mention a couple of examples, like, I don't know, uh, traditional industries like oil and gas, you probably know from the very beginning, uh, what do you what do you have to design for and how should you do it? Mm -hmm. But this is not the case here. So apart from the from what are we doing, the Giga factories that it's the first time that are being done here in Europe, is the way we do it. Mm -hmm. It's also pretty new. We're trying to find out how to do it in the best way. Mm -hmm. So that's also very very creative. I don't think you can find that creativeness anywhere else. I have a interesting question specifically about our location up in Cholefteu. So when you're working on building this gigafactory that is run by 100% renewable energy, how do you manage to make sure that that happens with a building this large? Like what goes into that sort of work of making sure that it's all run? I'm just thinking that there's a lot of behind the scenes with electrical engineers and how all of this is working. First, we try to work a lot with the with the people that are designing the core of the factory, that mm -hmm. is actually the production, to understand what is needed. Because at the end of the day, what we're doing is it's an industrial project, so the form should follow the function, and the main function is to manufacture uh, batteries. Mm -hmm. And understanding what are the what are the needs from the production will give us a better understanding on how can we build the factory around mm -hmm. it and how can we make the best usage of it. So if yeah. I take this part that you're asking about the energy. Having a good understanding of what is happening in the production gives us the ability to implement also new technologies, but not from the manufacturing side, but from the uh, from the facilities, mm. from the factory side. That is, is also pretty special mm -hmm. for us. So the the team, apart from being responsible for uh, designing the factory, has another portion of the time that we dedicate it to what we call blueprint technology. Mm -hmm. So we uh, have been given sort of carte blanche to implement new technologies from construction. Like I can mention a couple of them that are not uh, secret, something mm -hmm. like a uh, heat pump, for example, mm -hmm. energy recovery systems and so on, yeah. uh, to implement them in our designs and use them. This is also very special. This is also one of the things that usually people joining the team really love because yeah. you are not given this opportunity to implement new ideas or new technologies mm. with such amount of freedom. Yeah goes back to everything being new and 
yeah. pioneers in all of this. Definitely. So could you mention if there have been any sort of challenges when you've been building these factories? Like anything that pops to your mind that's sort of like a something that you could talk about that has been a challenge? I mean, actually connecting that with how is the battery industry here that we are doing that for the first time. Mm-hmm. Um, sometimes it's really challenging to build a, a gigafactory uh, given the scale and the pace that we run yeah. the projects uh, without knowing exactly um, what is going to be inside mm-hmm. that factory. Yeah. <laughs> the technologies of uh, battery manufacturing and even the cell technology, it's developing in- incredibly fast, which means uh, we try to keep or try to take every window of opportunity that we have to implement those technologies mm-hmm. that are going to improve, of course, the way yeah. we produce batteries in a more efficient and a more qualitative way. So this is really challenging for us. If I can give a couple of ideas on how we deal with that, it's uh, try to be as smart as possible, as modular as possible when yeah. designing. So plug and play concepts where we mm-hmm. say, okay, this is the box that where you're gonna put your machine and we're going to provide you with something as modular as possible so that you have sort of uh, flexibility to design the, ma- the production yeah. that you need. And then the other one is in the ways of working instead of doing say, okay, now that we have A, we're going to produce B. Now we're going to have A, A1, A2. So we iterate over design. Yeah. So the way you manage the project mm-hmm. for people that are probably interested more in, in, in projects, yeah. it's, uh, it's really innovative as well. Mm-hmm. So if, since you just talked about if someone's interested in projects, if someone's looking to join your team or someone close to your team, what would they need to do or what kind of background would they need to have to yeah. be on your team? I think from the, uh, from the academic point of view, whatever construction discipline will be, will be great. Mm-hmm. So mechanical engineers, electrical engineers, structural engineers, etc. But apart from that, that is, of course, important. Being open-minded and willing to learn is definitely the key. Mm-hmm. Because uh, all the people that we look for joining the team, they should be able to learn not only what it's in their expertise in the discipline, but also the surrounded disciplines that work with us. Because if you don't understand that, you're not going to succeed. Doesn't matter how good yeah. are you in your discipline. That doesn't matter where you are in Norfolk either. That is sort of like the Norfolk way, is that whatever team you're in, whatever your expertise are, you're also... I mean, a lot of people at Norfolk just want to do that anyway, but it is sort of a requirement because you need to understand what's going on. I end up learning a lot about material flow. Yeah, about I was going to ask you, is there anything recently, like I know that you've talked about how you learn things all the time and that you learn things every day, but is there anything recently that you felt like, wow, yeah, I just learned that and it was very interesting? Through one of my colleagues that is doing uh, the, is doing the factory simulation, mm-hmm. I learned... I mean, I cannot do it myself, to be honest. Yeah. But it's nice to know, it's nice to understand how these guys think and how they're doing yeah. things. Uh, they are simulating how do we do the material flow in a specific area mm. of, the, um, of the factory. Yeah. And then when they're talking and when they're explaining to you, um, people tend to mention the things that they know the best and then they care about. And then I know what I care about when I see that simulation. And then, and then when you match both, you, under, you start to understand, yeah. which, gives you, which gives you another point of view. When you start designing again, you say, ah, okay, I'm taking care about what I think is important, but I know this guy thinks we mm-hmm. should take care of this and this and that. So the scope, 
of your view on how you design things is much broader when you have the opportunity to work with these people together exactly. and learn from them. It's easier to work together if you understand sort of their expertise in a very, you don't need to know it at their level, but like understanding them at that sort of that same point, like you just said, that in the future, then you will know exactly what that person's thinking or someone in that like position is thinking. Yeah, I mean, I'm not going to be the one telling how to do it, but at least I consider that it should be considered, <laughs> <Yeah>. you know? <laughs> That's fantastic. Yeah. Is there anything else that you would like to share on that point of uh, learning something? From learning? Mm-hmm. Because um, that's something that I've I've been exposed to the Blueprint team, and I think that one of the most incredible things is how digital everything is, and using programs and like people who might be really good at uh, designing in 3D spaces. That is also something incredibly important because you need to, like you said, with material flow, you need to see how things are moving and working in the factory before you even start building. Mm. Like it needs to be a simulation because you need to know that it works. But honestly, even in my even in the the, the disciplines that I feel more comfortable for, given mm -hmm. that I'm I'm an architect, I have colleagues in in, in the team that uh, I'm learning a lot from. Mm -hmm. And uh, the fact that we are given, as I said before, a bit of carte blanche to implement new technologies. And it doesn't mean that it's also just technologies that are going to be used to let the factory run. Yeah. It's also technologies, tools, uh, softwares uh, that we use to produce that design mm -hmm. or the ways of working, which means, for example, as you were saying, like uh, I have super smart people in the, we have some super smart people in the team that are making almost, I mean, it's called as builds, uh, but it's a replica of how the building should look like mm -hmm. in 3D. And, uh, it's almost like a plug and play uh, <laughs> game, you know? So the goal is like, okay, I pick this, I need this, I need that. And then you plug it into like a Lego 3D software, something mm -hmm. like that. And that's really amazing. So for all the people that are probably interested in to implement some tools and to try new softwares, new ways of working, that uh, usually you are not given the opportunity in more traditional yeah. construction setups, so to say, this is the, this is the place. Yeah. We are constantly trying these things. Thank you so much, Alvaro, for joining the session and telling us a little bit more about building gigafactories at Norfolk. It was my <laughs> pleasure. It was really fun.